Hey everybody, it's Madison here. I'm just on my way to interview Kate Mitzi, who is someone that I've known since I was about 15, and uh, she's now a student of nutrition, and she is in is so much more than that. She's so knowledgeable. Ever since I've met her, she's had this like warm, really nurturing, really caring glow about her. And I just wanted to take a bit of time to share this human with you and to kind of give you an ear on our conversation as we learn together about the human body, what it needs, what it might be missing, and all of that. So I'll let you guys dig in, but have a really amazing time with this one. I know you'll love it. Talk to you soon. Hi everybody, happy Sunday. Welcome to another edition of the Sula Po podcast. Today I'm talking with Kate Mitzi and she is someone that I've known for, I think, for the entirety of my career as a model. Pretty close. Yeah. So Kate has been a makeup artist for 15 years and recently she's transitioning into uh, being a part of the revolutionization of the wellness industry and kind of helping women understand and take charge of their struggles with autoimmune disease and the awareness behind it. But you've always been someone who, and I've known this about you since I've known you, you've always been about wellness and nutrition. Yes. And you're teaching, you've always been a teacher of that. Yes. So tell me a bit about what what you kind of want to talk about today. Today I want to talk about um, basically the, the vast scope of where we fall short in, in the health world. Um, I think that um, the medical industry on a whole is um, not doing the job that it once was able to do, and that's kind of a numbers game. There are a lot of uh, cases of, of sickness, and especially amongst women, that um, are going undiagnosed and untreated due to sort of misinformation or um, an unwillingness to entertain a long-term healing approach, a, a root cause healing approach. And I have been a sufferer of that system since I was five years old. And so has my mother. And you know, we all have tons of other people in our lives that have been affected by um, the healthcare system in that way. Um, I, I developed a passion towards sort of understanding why it exists like that and how it can be changed from an early age. And because of my own health um, circumstances throughout my life, I, I dug deeper than the average bear from a young age and started to really open my eyes to a, a different way of living. And that sort of became, be, be, was the beginning of this like long chain of events that has brought me to now. Um, you know, I played around with so many different diets and lifestyles and things that I, I thought would save me from, from my health issues all through my life. You know, I was vegan for a very long time. I had a very popular, um, well-known uh, vegan food blog, which was called Flower Child. Yeah. And um, that was so much fun and really did actually help a lot of people. And yeah. that was, for me, the light bulb. I love Flower Child. <laughs> yeah, it was I so do great. too. I just, I'm not vegan anymore. No, and, uh, there's a lot of interesting, I've been talking to a lot of women about their relationship with the, a vegan diet. And it's really cool how we're all feeling comfortable to talk about that as well. And to be like, it works for some people, it doesn't for others, but you can still you know, eat food and respect animals in a certain way. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a gr- I, mean, I, I also, I have so many questions just based on what you said, but I know I'm really curious about autoimmune diseases and I don't 
know anything okay. much about them. So what are they for everyone listening? First of all, you're so lucky to not know. I know, but I could have, have like known. 38 of them. I don't know. <laughs> well, I really hope not. You'd be in some serious trouble. Um, autoimmune disease is a fascinating, fascinating disease. And that is summing it up into one word that it kind of isn't, but we're just sort of scratching the surface on all there is to know about autoimmunity. And although we have, you know, like over a hundred different autoimmune diseases, there's been sort of like a common maybe dozen or so that people have known about for about 50 years. Actually, it, what it, 50 years ago is when the first autoimmune disease was um, diagnosed and recorded as an autoimmune disease. And wow. basically what it is, is at some point and for some reason, and these are all the things we're still figuring out, your immune system goes rogue. Um, basically body tissue being attacked by your own immune cells. Wow. So it's like you're self-destructing. Wow. And um, there are so many different conditions that target different tissues. So mm-hmm. for example, Hashimoto's disease, which right. is thyroid related, yeah. that's basically your immune cells destroying your thyroid gland, which is absolutely crucial to human life totally and especially for women yeah. um, like yeah. it, so many women <clears throat> I feel like have thyroid issues yeah and autoimmune actually does target women a lot more than it does with men um, there is also a genetic predisposition to a lot of immune disease but it is not exclusively that okay. you can develop autoimmunity um, without having a parent that has autoimmune disease mm-hmm. um, but it is much more likely that you will develop an autoimmune disease if you have especially a mother that has had autoimmune disease. So I have something where my body has a difficult time producing B6 or like converting B6. Mm-hmm. So I have to take it myself every morning. Interesting. And okay. it affects uh, my collagen, like my yeah. gums and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And my mom has the same, my grandma has the same. And I'm assuming the other women before that have also dealt with it, but maybe didn't know. Yes. Um, but I, it's something that I, you know, heard about it about myself a few years ago when my mom told me, she's like, yeah, that's a forever thing. You have to take B6 every day that because your body doesn't produce fascinating. enough of it. And uh, so I don't know if that's related to autoimmune at all, but I know that it's something that, you know, I'm deficient in and my body just doesn't produce. I, yeah. I don't know that I can speak to that in a great way because that's all that I can relate to. Of course. Like, oh. And you know what? Like that may <laughs> in fact be something autoimmune related. I would speculate that it isn't mm-hmm. only because you've had it th- is you did you say three generations going? Yes. I think there's probably something I else. I think it's they mentioned that it was a DNA thing that it was just the oh, there was a gene- there was a genetic mutation in like that was really popular in, I might delete all of this, I don't know how, (laughs) I don't know where I'm going with this, but there was genetic mutation in the DNA of like my family on on my mom's side, uh, that there was like, we are from Austria, and there was like some kind of a famine or some kind of a trauma that had happened in like, I think, earlier, earlier on, I think it was seven generations back. Oh, wow. And it affected the, the, the genetic makeup of our DNA so much so that our body could, could no longer produce this uh, vitamin. And so it's just affected everybody. So to supplement that, we have to take a B6. Interesting. Yeah. That's really, really interesting. Those are the things that made me so excited about this it's like industry. When, when, his, <laughs> when history and science can correlate. Absolutely. It's like, wow, something that happens to you that can really like traumatize you on a really deep level can affect your makeup. Definitely can. 
in so many ways and people just don't appreciate how I don't even I feel weird even talking about it because I feel like am I lying no you are speaking the biggest truth right now that's so cool yeah I think that especially when we speak about conditions like cancer and autoimmune disease so much of those are stress and trauma related of course there are other you know things that come into play but I mean I've just known so many people over and over and over again in my life that have come across and and in my own family who have suffered so much Mm -hmm. and the they they themselves know the reason why and it's and it is a specific trauma or mm-hmm. it is a specific stressor and if you can't get those under control if you can't release the trauma they they do they wreak havoc on your on your health on your body mm-hmm. um my my mom and my mom's mom and 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 actually her dad even more so than her mom like there is a lot of mental health issue in my in my, not my personal past, but in, in the history of my family. And I guarantee you that there is an underlying trauma there that we haven't under, under, uncovered yet. Wow. And because of that, we have all witnessed like this very specific chain of, of health issues all along my mom's side that have um, completely ruined lives of the people that have really felt it the most for example my brother passed away from cancer um, almost two years ago and thank you um he will he said right up until the end that it was his uh sadness and his stress and um some self some self I don't want to say loathing that's a a word that I don't feel right using yeah. speaking on behalf of him but there right. was definitely some heaviness in his life that he carried for a very long time and he would always say that when he felt stressed it would um it would be heavy in his like yes. middle of his chest yes yeah and that is exactly where he developed cancer wow I've heard so many stories like that where someone someone if someone would talk about singing or feeling like they couldn't speak or feeling like they were like suppressed in some way and developed like a cancer in their throat. Absolutely. And I also have experienced uh, issues where my mental, my mentality or my thoughts about myself have affected my physicality. And it's so crazy because even while that was happening and while I was observing the physical manifestations of all the things I was feeling, I was constantly doubting that. And I was constantly thinking, oh, it's not, I can't be that. I can't be, I can't be changing my physicality based on thoughts. Like, what am I, like a wizard? This is crazy. But of course you can. Yeah. it's just energy. Yeah. You're, you're, you know, targeting energy towards a specific thing or a specific tissue if you're you know worrying about a specific part of your body or if you like you said you're suppressed you know you literally are suppressing your voice Mm -hmm. you are suppressing your emotions and your thoughts and your soul Mm -hmm. and and where is that energy building it's Mm got to go somewhere and so it's it's manifesting in in tissue changes it's manifesting in the degeneration of of tissue it's it's changing you molecularly it's changing you chemically and um i think even the most stubborn of western doctors are recognizing this the one thing that's been helpful as i've kind of been piecing together all these things and i know that i'm so excited to talk to you because you can help me reaffirm these ideas and explain them but my mom is also a doctor and i did know this and she's been really uh 
like just one of the the primary pieces of me affirming all of these kinds of realizations because she really embraces the the blend of the eastern and western medicine amazing and uh she's been really you know impressed the importance um for our family to like you know see a naturopath or talk about see biophysicist and do like muscle testing and cool. talk to integrative healers about how our energy can manifest things with like it she she just really uh does like a 360 approach and never in my life has has uh what are they even called antibiotics been the first thing that we go to but they're never off limits of course if you're they serve a purpose yeah of course but it's never we don't what we've never looked at like Tylenol being the first thing you do or like sure. you know just even like little reflexes where it's like you're so lucky to have had that um kind of role model yeah it's really it's not I don't think uh fully like the majority yet. no absolutely yeah. not yeah. and I mean I've searched high and low I've seen so many specialists throughout my life oh my goodness I couldn't even begin to count them all I'm trying to get to the bottom of my own autoimmune diseases and um, and likewise for my mother, I mean, gosh, her challenges are far greater than mine. And um, it's like, you never find that. The, those sort of um, functional medicine practitioners or integrative doctors, yeah, um, yeah. people that sort of like look at, at, a, at it systemically and they want to treat the problem from where it went wrong, not from just like band-aiding it. Yeah. They just, they, they barely exist. It's and crazy. It is crazy. It's it's it should be a crime yeah. like it is a crime there are so many people that are dying suffering for years like years and years and years and years and years and years before they even get diagnosed and they know they know that something is wrong and they're desperately trying to get answers and no one will give it to them because nobody's really willing to dig they're just and it's not that they're not willing to they're barely able to because our system is overrun. Yeah. We have an, a population on the planet Earth mm -hmm. that has surpassed the model for modern medicine. Mm -hmm. And so we need to reinvent the wheel. Mm -hmm. And that's why when I talk to people um, who are coming to me to find answers, I recommend basically like hiring an army of health practitioners <laughs> no it's true and it's it's awful because you have to be of a certain economic level sadly yes and that was one thing that I never forgot when I was really sick when I was 19 because my parents could afford to give me all the options right and I felt so indebted to them the entire journey because uh, I mean they that it was not even brought up that it was like it was just like you're gonna see this person this person this person and we're gonna figure it out and you're gonna be healthy and right like, that and you was like had no of, idea how expensive that was no but it was like thousands uh, thousands of absolutely. dollars and uh I like I just I mean I had an awareness because it's something that we have done since we, I was like a baby like since I was five I remember going to see all these people and you know none of it's covered so you know it's something that you really have to do intentionally but it's worth it because you're preventing what's well, how I felt that I'm preventing all of these systems or these symptoms from appearing maybe when I'm 50 or 60 and that is it exactly yeah I feel like you just like kind of like opened um, a really great gate for like a huge chunk of this kind of conversation about autoimmune disease is that you just touched on 
doing things now that will take care of you, you know, when you're 50 or 50 years from now. That is kind of like exactly what autoimmune disease is. It's basically a delayed reaction of a consistent attack of either a food or a environmental toxin, a chemical, um, you know, BPAs are one of them, mercury is one of them, um, different pesticides are one of them, food intolerances and, and allergies are, stress is. There's sort of like this like laundry list of things that if we continue to expose ourselves to, we eventually, like, eventually we basically build a, a response to, and, and it's like a histamine response, and right. you then suffer from all of this kind of crazy inflammation in the body, and you do it every day, all day long, right. or if you're not thinking about your health and you're not taking care of yourself, you, you do, mm -hmm. and eventually your immune system just goes, all right, like we've been under attack for years, and now we gotta shut down, mm -hmm. because you're not stopping. So, you know, the human body is this like incredibly resilient, thing it's insane like it is incredible it is yeah. it is probably one of the most fascinating things that i can conjure up in my mind because oh. especially in this modern time we torture ourselves truly like in any in every way right yeah in all the ways that in all can. the ways yeah. <laughs> and i see people you know i see people that feed themselves a diet that if you were feeding it to a child it would be child abuse yeah and they don't it, sometimes they don't know that they're doing it and sometimes they do know and they can't help themselves or they don't care and I think we don't reveal that like I think we're such an isolationist time where we live alone we do everything alone we like just no we don't want to be around people yeah that you can see all these behaviors and we don't know like I don't know how what your life is like and I don't know what the man on, beside me on the subway's life is like and we conceal all these behaviors and we don't know what normal is anymore. No, and, and that's that's like such an important statement is we don't know what normal is anymore. Um, normal hasn't existed in our society in such a long time now yeah. and we're so removed from how we should be behaving as human beings and how we should be treating our, our amazing bodies and um, and the abuse is is evident. I mean, we are seeing it. The last 50 years has just been like this like explosion of disease. And yeah. autoimmunity is growing 20% every year. Wow. Every single year, the amount of people affected by autoimmune disease is literally multiplying by 20%. That is a massive number. Wow. And is that is I have a question about two two pronged question, but the first one is is it most commonly seen and observed in developed countries? Yes. Is that because we... It's because it's diet and lifestyle right. related for the most part. Right. Of course, there are some cases where maybe you, you are seeing a little less um, obvious indicators as to why it might happen. And, and there are some autoimmune diseases that are a bit more complicated than others. But also, it isn't necessarily what you do actively in your life. For example, my autoimmune disease came about, well, it was registered in my body when I was five years old. I doubt very much that whatever my parents were feeding me up until five years old was enough to um, set off this right. this underlying condition, but it definitely played a part. And you know, like in the early '80s, we didn't know 
what to feed each other. No, we, you I, know, it was like, like I, I don't, I remember my mom talking about like when she was growing up and like how TV dinners were like this huge luxury, like a, like a special day was a TV dinner. Totally. I mean, I remember we would order like Swiss Chalet and it was like the best thing ever. Yeah. But now it's like, like really? Like you're going to order Swiss Chalet? You know it's kind of like poisonous but yeah. then nobody knew that or you know we'd go to Tim Hortons after school like every day because oh, yeah. it was just like you know this is what you do like yeah. mom gets a coffee you know a double you, double with cream and right. sugar yeah and then you know the kids get a couple timbits or whatever yeah and you know there's nothing really wrong with that isolated occurrence yeah. but when you're doing that every single day mm-hmm. year after year after year you are hurting yourself mm-hmm. you are you are upsetting the balance of of your whole inner world and although like I said we are so resilient like we can really torture ourselves but that being said like to make these small shifts makes like the biggest difference totally because if we can sort of like abuse ourselves that much by abusing ourselves a little less think about how much more you're thriving yeah and um you know, for me, obviously, there was um, definitely like many years prior to my being alive where my mother was probably not taking the best care of herself. Um, you know, she suffered some, she's had a difficult life. She's, yes. you know, she went through a marriage before she met my father that was um, devastating. It was abusive and it was. I like can't believe how common abusive. Uh, marriages are like I I still all the time I have experience with people close to me that have dealt with that and it I think everyone I know in my life probably could say the same for them yeah yeah and it's awful I'm sorry she had to like deal with that thank you I mean the the great thing is is my mom is just like a a warrior she's put up with and tolerated and survived so much that it all is part of the fabric of her existence and her being and who she is. And she's a wonderful, amazing beam of light in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, she became a single mom and she raised two kids and she was very poor and she definitely wasn't eating properly. And she certainly suffered eating disorders for a long period of time she went through phases where she physically couldn't swallow food at all she became so skinny that when she lied on the floor she could touch her spine through her stomach and if that didn't affect her long term then if people don't think that they're kidding themselves yeah you're depleting your stores of all of these beautiful nutrients no 100 all of this all of the fat we really truly need to survive mm-hmm. um it regulates all of your hormones and everything like, everything that happens I and I I thought I was smart when I was younger and I thought I knew all of this and I've grown up so healthy and I didn't I still ignored all of that in me I still ignored that fat was essential I was afraid of avocado well I mean we were brainwashed to think that yeah that was a that was a huge movement that was definitely put in place most mostly by the sugar industry to be honest it was a way that they could put sugar in everything by um promoting this this health fad that fat was bad for us and so make things taste good when they took out all the fat they'd add sugar in and then all of a sudden a few decades go by and everyone is 
messed up. Yeah, low-fat everything. Low-fat everything. I The thing that even annoys me is that my mom did everything in her power to, t- to teach me the opposite. And yet, uh, when I started modeling, we were fed that. And I of just course. thought that the agency was God. Of and course. Whatever they told me to do, I would do. And they told me not to eat fats. So I did Well, and you had the media telling you that as well. Right. So you're like, oh, okay. And then, you know, beside the advertisements are the models that I wanted to be. And I was like, okay, well everyone's telling me everyone in the industry is telling me to do this and they obviously know because they're beautiful right what whatever that means but true I I also I also want to dive deep into the specifically your experience with autoimmune disease and what which diseases that you have currently and how they kind of came into your life yeah so when I was five I got scarlet fever, which is not an autoimmune disease, um, but it is something that triggered my autoimmune disease, um, which is called gutate psoriasis, which sounds like the same psoriasis that sort of everyone has. And that sort of quote unquote typical psoriasis is in fact an autoimmune disease. Oh, wow. Yep. But gutate psoriasis is a different beast altogether. Um, I have both so I could very well have psoriasis um, patches and have had them through my life I don't have any on my body because I am so very particular about the protocols that I put myself through every day to ensure that my symptoms are completely under control but gutate psoriasis is basically something that lies kind of dormant and then when you contract either scarlet fever or um, strep throat um, something like that it basically wakes up the condition and you develop these sort of teardrop um, patches of psoriasis that are not like that white sort of like crusty psoriasis that a lot of people have they're like red cracked burning blistering horrible things that literally cover you from head to toe and you they cover you from head to from toe. head to toe like yeah. I don't know if, if you have footnotes on these or if you can add links or yeah. pictures but yeah. I can definitely show you visuals for the for the audience that are listening because the other problem is with this specific autoimmune disease is I didn't get properly diagnosed with this until I was 34 years old and that's just <laughs> because no one can, thinks to look for it because people just decided that it was just psoriasis. Right. Like you just have psoriasis. And when I was young, they thought that, you know, the the remedy for psoriasis would be like the same remedy as eczema. So like they the prescribe steroids, which yeah. are the absolute worst possible thing you can put on it. Because yeah. it makes it go away and then it comes back like with a vengeance. It's like when you cut the head off of like a one of those, uh, like, I don't even know, one of those mythical tentacle things. Oh, yeah, and it grows like eight yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, but for real, that is exactly what happens. Wow. And so, unfortunately, I was going through this, like, spurt of, of strep throat from basically the time that my son, who was almost seven, was born until last year, mm-hmm. where I was picking it up all over the place. And I became under the impression that I was actually allergic to antibiotics. Because instead of the doctors digging, Mm -hmm. they just said, you get strep throat, you take antibiotic, you are allergic to antibiotic. Instead of being like, hmm, what are some things that can happen as a result of having one of these viruses? Yeah. And it wasn't until I suffered my 
worst blow ever. And this was last summer. I'd had a really hard summer. I broke my ankle on a job and I, my boyfriend had moved to Los Angeles and I was like, all these things were happening. And so I was very stressed and inevitably my immune system was reduced because stress does that. (laughs) And, um, I had flown to LA to visit him and I got the telltale signs of strep throat. I know what they are like better than anybody because I have had it so many, so many times. And I thought, great, this is the, oh no, it gets better. My wallet got stolen on that trip. (laughs) So I didn't have my credit card and my credit card has my travel insurance on it because I had to cancel my credit card. I didn't have my travel insurance. So I'm thinking in my head, great. How am I going to go to a doctor? Like it's going to cost me $500 to like go to a walk-in clinic in Los Angeles and get some antibiotics. And I'd really been wanting to sort of dabble with this not treating my strep throat, which I do not recommend at all. I'm just speaking my story. I'm not telling anyone not to treat their strep throat with antibiotics. It's very dangerous. And though lots of people do it, um, it is not recommended. I'm not recommending it. But I thought, you know what? I'm not with my son. Mm -hmm. I am with somebody who supports me and cares about me. And I can't afford to spend $500 at the doctor. I'm going to be back in Canada in a few days. Nothing terribly wrong can go wrong in that short period of time. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to not treat it. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to treat it holistically. I'm going to work with tinctures. And I'm going to work with um, herbals. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to just try to get it to go away on its own. And I did it. And I was really proud of myself because I thought... I'm not going to get that rash. I'm not going to get that rash that the antibiotics give me because I'm allergic to them. So I was like on cloud nine. I thought, amazing. I got this amazing tan from being in Los Angeles in August. And I'm going to go home and life is going to be amazing. And then like clockwork, two weeks pass. And the rash comes like it has never come before. Wow. I was basically in a pile in tears on my parents' kitchen floor because I felt like I was quite literally on fire. Wow. And I drove myself to Emerge that night. And when the Emerge doctor asked for me to move the gown, he literally recoiled. That's how horrendous it was. where was it on your body? Just absolutely everywhere except for my face. Wow. Like, Like blistering sores all over my body did it scar it like, did whoa yeah yeah so I have scars on my like bum and upper thighs which is like now taking it's kind of like you don't have to work through that you know I went to emerge and of course they said we're gonna give you steroids because we've never seen anything like this before and like you were in agony and so I didn't care I said fine yeah. like yeah. fix me like I don't care as long as I can put my clothes on oh. or sleep because yeah. I was desperate for That's something. Awful. And at this point, like it I would never have even linked it to my psoriasis because everyone had conditioned me to believe that I was allergic to antibiotics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then like And all it makes of a sense sudden, based on like your yeah. like your lifestyle. You're like, yeah, my body doesn't get it. That's why I do all the other alternative things. Totally. And so Ooh. you know, I'm then left with this like, well, is this just like coincidence? Mm-hmm. I didn't take antibiotics. Like what is this about? And weeks go by, and weeks and weeks go by, and nothing is changing. Um, oh, I should say that I took the steroids, and of course my skin like was like singing with happiness within mm-hmm. 24 hours. Yeah. 
But something in the back of my head was like, you shouldn't be taking these, you should not be using the steroid cream. Like you're gonna stop using the steroid cream just like you did when you had psoriasis flare-ups and it is gonna get real bad. Yeah. And sure enough, I stopped taking the steroids and it comes back with mighty vengeance. Like what I walked into with the emergency room, which was terrifying, wasn't even a scratch on the surface compared to what it became when I stopped taking the cortisone cream. So I was I literally suicidal feeling at this point, and that's not even an exaggeration. Like, I couldn't get dressed. I couldn't lay down. I couldn't touch anything. I couldn't put anything on my skin. I couldn't shower. If I got wet, it burned like someone was pouring acid on my skin. Yeah. And so, of course, me being who I am, I'm, like, just, like, relentlessly researching every single thing that comes into my periphery that I find exciting or interesting or fascinating or want the answers to and I posted on Facebook and I kind of had some people sort of steer me in the direction of a few things and this one girl said you know have you ever researched gutate psoriasis because I have this and I got it every time I got strep throat and I thought what what how could I have never heard of this? Like I have psoriasis and nobody ever told me about butate psoriasis and that could potentially be linked to strep yeah. throat. And I, I got so angry so quickly because I was like, felt like I had been like misled my life through my life and that like nobody knew what they were talking about. I was so like, I was hating on the medical system at this point. So I was just like, what a bunch of idiots. Like how can they like, they must be dying. Like they must be seeing cases of this all of the time. It's like, and like why? so common. Yeah. Why? And, and so I got this referral from an, an eMERGE doctor because I couldn't get into a dermatologist right away. Like, of course, you have to wait for a specialist appointment for months. Wow. So she, like, pulled all these strings and got me into this, like, emergency dermatology clinic. And so I went. And I remember I had to wait in line for, like, six hours to get in, and I didn't care. I was like, I'm not leaving this place until I talk to somebody. Yeah. And so I walk in, and she's like, show me what's going on. So I show her. She has nothing to say. What? And I go... I think I know what this is. And she was like, oh. And they, you know, they kind of like yeah, yeah, humor yeah. you by yeah. by listening. And I said, I think it's butate psoriasis. And she went, that is exactly what it is. How did you, how did you figure this out? And she didn't, she, but she hadn't. But said, she didn't even know until I had planted the seed. Oh. And so I was just like. And it immediately flipped in her? Immediately flipped in her. Like it had but been like this that thing that not... she had like maybe read about in university or something. Specialists. One being the last specialist that I met before I took matters into my own hands was this dermatologist at McMaster University. I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to throw him under the bus. He's like obviously a brilliant man and he's probably helped more people than I could ever dream about. But like when I went to him and knew my diagnosis and showed him how I was suffering, I was met with like this attitude that I couldn't possibly know what I was talking about. Yeah, 100%. And I explained to him, I'm like, listen, like, I'm not, like, your average person. Like, I'm, I'm in, like, I'm in health. I, I am a student. I have read <laughs> so many books. I probably, like, have read the curriculum of a medical student. Yeah. I have, you know, like, I, I know, I know what I'm talking about a little bit here. And... I think that there is something underlying, like I think that there's something triggering this and that I can 
get this under control. And maybe it's diet related. Do you know anything about this? And he literally rolled his eyes back into his head and said, there is absolutely nothing in your diet that could be causing this to happen verbatim. And so at that moment I went, I'm just not going to say anything mm -hmm. because this is a person you can tell that I can't. A wall. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so 100%. I'm just going to like take his advice here and I'm going to move on. And yeah. at that moment, that's when he recommended that I go on a, um, a specific medication that would help to sort of get my immune system in check. It would re help reduce my symptoms and it would also cause like a plethora of horrible side effects. Yeah. Um, if I decided to take this medication, I would have had to have signed a contract or a document saying that I would not under any circumstances get pregnant because mm. your child will be affected. And I, I remember when I was in Paris, I had, they gave me like, it wasn't Accutane, but I had like one pimple and they were yes. like, go get rid of this pimple. Like, it's like, cause I was like a beauty girl and I did a lot of, of beauty course. stuff. And so immediately I went to this one doctor and he gave me a prescription and it was like illegal in North America. Mm -hmm. And I, I think I told my parents, I was like, I'm just going to take it once. It'll be fine. It'll, it'll just, it'll go away. I need it to go away. Cause I have a lot of work coming up. And I remember looking, I remember opening the pamphlet and uh, looking at the side effects and they had illustrations of all the possible deformities your child could have wow it's illustrations like of the head shape being different and uh i just remember being like what am i taking well that's the thing like you know there are people that are so desperate for a solution like god knows i was but like yeah, at I least was. i had that i had my head on my shoulders in that moment to go okay, I am desperate for a solution. I am like like living a real life hell right now. But that, that indicates to me that this drug is going to completely change the matrix of my body, that my hormones are going to be completely dysregulated. Right. I'm going to be experiencing all kinds of different chemical changes in my body that are not natural. And then that's a possible side effect but what else is that doing that we're not visually seeing? Right. And not to mention there were other side effects. It was like irritable bowel was destined to happen. He, he basically guaranteed that if I was to stay on that medication for over 12 months, I would start to develop symptoms of IBS. And I was like, you know what? I would rather have this rash than IBS because I have friends with IBS and it is a nightmare. Yeah. So I like gracefully bowed out of the appointment and I went home and I just stayed up probably for like an entire week straight reading case studies, reading research, reading autoimmune books and blogs and understanding like a natural approach and sort of like trying to like wrap my head around different mechanisms and like why this would happen and why that would happen. And I eventually stumbled upon a, um, a protocol that was a autoimmunity, uh, sorry, an autoimmune disease protocol, an elimination diet. And I decided like, I have tried everything mm -hmm. except for this drug, which I was unwilling to try. And, um, you know, definitely this isn't going to hurt. Like at worst, I have like a really boring diet for a month, whatever. Yeah. So in this protocol, basically you have to eliminate for 30 days, um, all grains, all legumes 
all nuts and seeds, all sugar, all alcohol, and under nuts and seeds falls coffee and chocolate. So it's really yeah, this is my, my mom and I, and like I think all of my aunts and have done this. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It is definitely like I'm meeting more and more people here and there that have sort of read about it. It's still very uncommon and certainly not recognized by a great many doctors. Even uh, nightshade vegetables. And nightshade vegetables. Could have, like go and like, like tomatoes, peppers, goji berries, eggplants. Yeah, yeah. It's um, so pretty weird. much like all spices because like typically spices are like seeds mm-hmm. that are ground up. It's crazy. Yeah. So um, and and like interestingly, this is like coming off. This is like shortly thereafter me sort of like starting to entertain the idea that I wasn't going to be vegan anymore after like a great many years of eating exclusively nuts and seeds and beans and soy and all of these things Mm -hmm. that they were telling me to remove from my diet. I'm going, is there like a correlation here? Have I like tipped the scale? Mm -hmm. And so I remove all of these things. And within seven days, I documented this with photos. Within seven days, my symptoms were reduced by about 60%. Wow. Within another few days after that, it was maybe 40%. Were you, like, was your mind blowing? Like My mind was literally blown away. And the minds of the people that love me in my life, like my parents, my parents were, like, floored. Every time I went over to their house, they were just shocked by what they were seeing. Wow. Within that 30 days, literally, you would never have known any of this had happened to me except for the like discoloration on the spots that I had on my upper thighs. All the discoloration from all of the other spots initially went white, but then as soon as I like got a bit of sun, all of those spots completely vanished. And I realized once I started to reintroduce things after that 30 days, that I was exposing myself to basically a whole bunch of different things that I was having a really hard time processing. Specifically, I believe my liver was having a really hard time processing. And the major thing for me was damaged fats. So damaged polyunsaturated fats, so nuts and seeds were Mm -hmm. my trigger. And yeah, like the thing I was eating the most of every day, that was my trigger. So basically I set myself up with best intentions, like you know, and like, how do you like how do how do nuts trigger uh, like that kind of you think it'd be like McDonald's or like something well, that's, that's like obvious, obvious okay. right? And and so there are kind of like a couple sides to this coin because you know polyunsaturated fats that are clean and non- undamaged, unprocessed polyunsaturated fats mm-hmm. like those that you would get in avocado or salmon, okay. etc. Yeah, those are amazing for you. Um, what are not amazing for you are the polyunsaturated fats that you get from damaged oils. So unfortunately, a lot of the nuts that we have access to are at some level of rancidity mm-hmm. and the oil structure changes. Um, and then that oil becomes really difficult for our body to um, use because it's no longer really like a food. It's not yeah. like really a nutrient or fried foods. Like this is something that like mark my word, it is going to start to become like a mass known thing. Like fried oils, like deep fried food is probably over every other possible thing you could do bad for yourself, the worst thing that you could do. Wow. Because you are getting an excessive amount of polyunsaturated fats that are damaged and they just 
build up in your liver. Like they build up in your in your system, and you can't you can't you can't utilize them, mm-hmm. and um, uh, it causes so much inflammation. And so, um, not only you know was I getting that in possibly like contaminated nuts and seeds, but also like peanut butters and things like that. Like yeah, they sit on the shelves butter. for like years at a time. My cousin uh, is in is a nutritionist and she tells me all the time to like not do peanut butter because it can accumulate can mold exactly so molds are a huge trigger for a lot of autoimmune diseases it's just like there's so much like and we're told like it's great it's a good fat it's protein like have peanut butter like, well, and then, like, I, I don't want to paint the wrong picture for a lot of people out no, there because no, no, for I some can't people, ha- they can totally have it and it's okay. But up to, like, with me, I, that, was, that was me in high school up to this point, and I started, like, I, I started developing symptoms and an allergy to peanut butter and almonds, and I couldn't have them for about five years. Like, I developed an anaphylactic really? response to almonds. Wow. So you really pushed the, yeah. the limit then. Yeah. Yeah, so... <laughs> so crazy. It is. I didn't think I knew anything about what you were going to talk about, and it's... Like, there are these small overlaps. Of course. And most people can relate in some way. Most people probably can relate to actually having an autoimmune disease. Right. But then, like, everyone else is, like, probably going wow, uh, that sounds, like, really familiar because the symptoms of, like, all underlying autoimmune disease, or at least in the building stages of conditions, are all the same. And it's symptoms that we all suffer from. It's fatigue. It's inflammation. It's sore joints. It's eczema. It's psoriasis. It's, you know, problems showing up in your skin. It's, Oh my you know, god, how do you, so how do you, who do you go to if you feel like you're having all these symptoms or some of them or most of them? Well, I think there's a lot of different avenues that you can take now and it kind of depends on like what makes you feel comfortable and, and sort of like where you um, can place your trust because some people really only can listen to a doctor, like a Western, like allopathic doctor. Like yeah. That's the, in their mind, that's the only, like that's totally the only person they can listen to. Yeah. And that's just been like conditioned. Yeah. Um, but if that's the case, then like go to your family practitioner. Don't go to a walk-in clinic. Yeah. Um, go to someone who can like sit down with you for their eight minutes that they're allowed to sit down with you <laughs> and like at least have that preliminary discussion and say, you know, I, I have these symptoms, you know, what, what could we look at here? And hopefully you have a doctor who has, you know, opened their eyes to like, really like what's going on and they can help you sort of like go through some checklists of of you know is your thyroid working properly like if you do have psoriasis then you know you have an autoimmune disease like that's the other thing is yeah hundreds of thousands of people have psoriasis and if you ask them if they have an autoimmune disease they're like no yeah you do you have one that's what it is wow um like rheumatoid arthritis celiac disease like those are all autoimmune diseases pcos they are believing that so pcos is another autoimmune disease um polycystic ovarian syndrome one of my best friends of life suffers immensely from this and so many women suffer from this and have like had such diagnostic issues with this they get written off they get told to go on birth control that's literally the worst possible thing you could do for it in our latest pod in the one of the podcasts previous to this we just talked about birth control as like the band-aid for all women like all it's atrocious female problems I just remember being a teenager and like it was like I would go to the doctor and I'd have like a pimple. Do you want to go on birth control because yeah. you have that pimple and yeah. like maybe you don't want to have that pimple anymore? 100%. And thankfully like I guess I've always just been intuitive mm-hmm. to my own well-being and health and I always was just like 
nah, I'm good. Yeah. But most people, you know, thought, well, I'm trusting my doctor, and your doctor is trusting who's feeding the information down the pipe from to them. The, you know, like the pharmaceutical, the pharmaceutical companies. They really, and, yeah. and it's good to take it with a grain of salt because in many, 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 many cases, these drugs save people's lives. Oh my God, they're like, yeah, 100%. So they're very, very important, but it's just really good to know Especially with things like birth control. Yeah. That's like a great, like that might be the best option for you, but like I would, I would double check because it's, it's not for me. It's not the best option. And And I would guess like if it's being prescribed to you to like clear up your skin or please God, like anyone who's listening to this, who is just finding out that they have PCOS, Mm -hmm. don't take birth control. Don't let question your doctor about that. Do your research. It is not the best course of action. It's going to make things so much worse. And, um, because we're understanding that conditions like PCOS are autoimmune, they're reversible. And that can be done through kind of nurse those. Yeah, so the elimination diet's like one good way of sort of figuring out what might be triggering you specifically. But eliminating foods and t- environmental toxins and environmental stressors that you know are making you feel lousy, mm-hmm. if you know something's making you feel lousy, don't do it anymore. Like, like what, for example? Sugar. Like, yeah. you know, most people eat a donut and they'll love that donut when they're eating it and then they hate themselves after and it's not because of just the guilt yeah it's because they're literally retaining water because their body is protecting itself it it, you get inflammation because it's a protective response um you know your blood sugar levels spike and crash it affects all of the um like all of your hormones it affects the way that your mind works it affects your micro your microbiome like the, your gut flora yeah which is you know, so important it's so important it's feeding the good or the bad bacteria in there that offsets all kinds of things we're seeing huge correlations between um you know bad quote-unquote gut bacteria and mental health yeah. um and so you know foods that you know sort of like trigger these like mental responses or physical responses like listen to your body like those are things that are damaging you so things like sugar like get it out of your diet there's like literally no place for refined sugar and when sugar you say sugar diet. what specifically are you talking about i'm glad like, you said that i can't have grapes like no no of course no. for some people they can't yeah true i was gonna say but, that's um, sugar <laughs> no it's true like i'm very sensitive to all forms of sugar so like i can't even have a great deal of fructose yeah um which is my sugar is that fruit yes okay yeah so fructose is is I mean, you can add fructose into things, but like naturally occurring fructose is the is found in in fruit. Um, you don't have to cut that out of your diet unless you really have a reason to believe that that is is a problem for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely refined sugars, so like cane sugar, beet sugar. Like, you know, when you read a package, you're like, oh, this is beet sugar. It's from beets. It's like it's still refined sugar. They literally right. just because they're taking a bit of that like from the beet and manipulating it, so it's just as bad as it's white just sugar? as bad yeah 100 yeah so brown sugar like brown sugar is not better than white sugar it's just got molasses like it or coloring or like you know like they they add things or like take things away to what sort else? of produce coconut sugar agave so agave is 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 interesting because for a time they believed that it was a better option because it registered it as a, as a lower mark on the glycemic index 
So people thought, great, like this is good. Like we'll take this, especially diabetics and, and whatnot, but they realized that it doesn't actually um, register that much lower on the glycemic index and it still spikes blood sugar and it still causes inflammation. Mm-hmm. Um, coconut sugar is, is a little lower than that, so that's okay. You know, there are some what about sugar alcohols. Monk fruit? Monk fruit. So monk I don't fruit's know interesting. No, you know more than you think because you're like pulling all of these words out of your hat. <laughs> So I kind of love it. Out of my ass. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah. (laughs) So yeah, monk fruit's interesting. Um, That's like kind of like a, that's like, it's so new. Yeah. Some people are really on the monk fruit bandwagon right now. I'm not one of those people. It's, um, you know, like this keto diet is really popular right now. You know, like that's a a sweetener that, that a lot of people on a ketogenic diet seem to be able to have and it doesn't throw them out of their ketogenic state. Same with things like xylitol or yeah. stevia. Oh, right. What do you think about those? So um, I have no issue um, personally with stevia. I I understand that there's like a bit of controversy over the fact that it is a um, processed food. It, it comes from a plant. It's mm-hmm. from a leaf. So like if you're getting pure stevia leaf, like... I think that's amazing. You can like buy a stevia plant. Yeah. And it tastes like the sugar that you get. In it's super, super sweet. Yeah. That's so cool. So yeah. you could like throw a couple leaves in your like smoothie if you wanted it to be sweet. If you weren't like using fruit, for example, I don't use fruit in my smoothies. I use steamed vegetables. And then like if I want them to sort of taste like a bit more sweet and dessert, like I'll do something like that. That's um, so cool. Yeah. So there's ways to sort of like do that and it be very whole food um but you can also get stevia in like drops or in like a white powdered substance that looks remarkably like sugar and you know again i think using it moderately is probably okay but stevia and xylitol and monk fruit and all of these sort of like these sweeteners are relatively new on the scene Mm -hmm. and so i think you just have to be careful and to use them in moderation and the most important thing to like always remember with putting anything in your mouth is is it actually a food? Yeah. Um, that is where we get ourselves into all of this trouble. Right, yeah. And if you take away all of the like diet words, like if you take away vegan and you take away keto and you take away low fat or you take away high fat or whatever diet word you can find that complicates things and intimidates people and then they don't know where to start or begin or end and you just go all right I'm just gonna eat food Mm -hmm. you're golden like that is like that's all you have to do like you just have to eat real food and you're gonna have this sense of incredible energy and focus and like a clear head and um you know possibly weight gain or weight loss depending on what you feel you need or or what your health requires um and and also you're gonna reduce your risks for all of these conditions these autoimmune diseases and and even things like like cancer or heart disease or um like Crohn's disease and digestive issues like all of those things can be reduced so significantly by embracing a truly whole food approach yeah totally and then from there you know if you're still sort of finding there's imbalances or you're finding that there are certain things that you're eating that are upsetting you then it's so much easier to sort of reduce from there yeah yeah so my my advice to everyone is just to you know cut out anything that 
doesn't like grow on a plant or isn't like a creature <laughs> or you know doesn't have to be like heavily processed um unfortunately like so much of the meat in our world is processed it's fed a diet it's not meant to be eating and then it goes through like all of this like bleaching and cleaning and like it has antibiotics injected into it while it's living and then yeah. also again like when it's dead so that bacteria doesn't grow in it and it sits on the shelves longer and so you have to be like really conscious and like really thoughtful about where you're sourcing all of your food you know whether it's like plant-based or not plant-based and and really just like focus on that so when you go to a restaurant you know you're not going to order like the chocolate cake because in that chocolate cake you know they've processed the chocolate and they've processed the sugar and they've processed the dairy and they've processed the grains and like by the end of it you're like is this even like an organic substance anymore yeah by like in by organic meaning like food adjacent exactly yeah or like biodegradable yeah. <laughs> like hold on will it sit inside of me will yeah. it become part of my body like you... <laughs> honestly i wonder sometimes <laughs> if certain things will yeah i remember in school one of our, my teachers he brought this piece of pizza to school and it was in a ziploc bag and it was i can't even remember how many years old it was it was Whoa. like years old what and it was exactly as if you just went to pizza pizza and bought it off of their like like slurm and ready pre-sliced pizzas like what? like no joke if it was sitting on this table there were probably thousands of people in toronto who would just pick it up and eat it thinking that it was like a fresh piece of pizza wow and just for like what i think of is like when we die like we don't preserve for that long we don't even no. preserve for day so it's like why would you like that's like putting eating plastic it is. And, and then we but wonder, are we like, why are we like, why are we bloated? Like, why do I have like all these problems? Why can't I go to the but bathroom? But it's a pizza. Like you think it's like three ingredients, like three things, like dough and like sauce and whatever. It's just so full of sugar and salt Jeez. and refined, like everything. The grains aren't even a grain anymore. Wow. So there's definitely so many different things that you can put into place to sort of set yourself up really, really well so that you can reduce your chances of developing, um, an autoimmune disease specifically, but also just, you know, reduce your chances of feeling like crap. Yes. Um, but also know that there are outside forces that will inevitably be in certain people's lives that we may not be able to restrict and that autoimmune disease will still be prevalent um, um, in some of these cases. But you're always going to give yourself like the best possible fighting chance against even those very difficult to remove um, elements of life. And, and some of those things are, are just so basic, but people have forgotten sort of how to be human. And um, you know, one really important thing is obviously your diet. And we've talked to that at great length. So, you know, like reducing things from your diet that are um, manufactured, um, reducing your, your overall um, grain or car like carbohydrate intake, not eliminating necessarily carbohydrates. They're very important for you, but, yeah. but reduce, just reducing your intake of, of especially, um, gluten containing grains. Um, they're just very difficult for the body to break down and can cause a lot of other issues. Um, so things like that and sugar, um, really like dairy is not really doing anybody a favor anymore. There was a time where dairy was like could be perceived as like a very nutritious um, part of, of the human diet, but it is just so manufactured now that it's not even really dairy anymore. Right. Um, yes. You're just introducing a whole bunch of stuff, 
pollutants into your body that are not going to help you in any way. Um, so potentially entertaining the idea of, of reducing or eliminating dairy from your diet. Um, and then sort of like fine tuning. So um, from there kind of going like, okay, so like when I eat peanut butter, I don't feel good. Mm-hmm. Like be, pre- be present with that and sort of like sit with that and, and understand if, do you want to eat the peanut butter and feel that way? Or do you want to feel great? And if you want to feel great, then like don't ever buy peanut butter again. Yeah. Um, and that goes with a lot of things like eggs are that way for some people, etc. Um, the next most like basic human thing that none of us are really getting enough of is vitamin D. Oh my gosh. Yes. Especially in Canada. Oh my gosh. Especially here. I mean, oh. the further away you are from the equator, the more difficult it is. And oh. basically even in the winter, if we did kind of sit out in the sun, you're still not really synthesizing vitamin D because it takes a certain amount of UV to kind of make the whole system work. And we're really far away from the sun during the winter. So as Canadians, especially, it is just like so absolutely important that when we can synthesize vitamin D from the sun naturally, so summer, um, you know, late spring, summer, and early fall, we need to give ourselves safe time in the sun. Mm-hmm. And guys, like you cannot synthesize vitamin D when you have sunscreen on. It doesn't work. Oh, so the dilemma. It That's is a dilemma, a cause, but there's a totally a solution for it. Yeah. And it's a safe solution. And it's just giving yourself a 20 minute window every day where you don't have sunscreen on your skin. And it's during sort of like, you know, not high noon, but like within like sort of that like window of time, if you are prone to burning, like reduce your amount of sun exposure without sunscreen on. But it is crucial to every system in your body that mm-hmm. you have adequate vitamin D. Yeah. Um, and it's preventative for so many different diseases. And it's also really important for your mental health like insanely so I can tell when I don't take vitamin D like that it's affected me well that's like that seasonal depression right oh, which I am it. surely a sufferer from because oh, <laughs> all throughout school I was just in a room reading all the time of course and I mean I'm sure like when you're uh, sedentary all the time it can be an issue but definitely you know when you're in a dark room it's like you're like just killing the flower you know like you are just... we're literally like this is gonna sound a bit cheesy but it's true like we're like literally children of the sun yeah like, we can't exist without it yeah and another yeah. sort of like big huge like kind of like corporate commercial movement like very similar to pharmaceuticals is the sunscreen movement right and although it definitely obviously serves a purpose and is important in many ways for especially certain people and in certain places in the world it, it isn't something we want on our bodies all the time like it's, it's not it's it's not like in order to go outside you have to put on sunscreen exactly it's just when you're outside doing things and you you should probably protect your skin yes but it, and there are also other ways to protect it other yeah. than sunscreen like oh, there right. are UV fabrics and, and a lot of uh, mineral like a lot of like really like not you know non-toxic yeah like there's like not like tin oxide mineral thing but like a lot of great mineral powders with like my yeah there's so many natural protective sunscreens and there's so many natural sunscreen companies now that exist because we know this like babies are told not to wear sunscreen of any kind for the first 12 months of their life that means that 
that those ingredients in yeah, sunscreen yeah, yeah, yeah. are being absorbed and they are highly toxic and dangerous. Right, 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 right. So, so we like filter them out through our bloodstream, right? No, not always. Skin? We oh, don't good. always filter things yeah, out. But so, we work really hard to do so, right. but it doesn't always work out that way. Of course. Um, and so my whole logic is like if, a, if like the entire medical industry is saying like for a baby not to wear sunscreen, like we should probably all just at least like look at that. <laughs> well, that that's why I'm like f- like flabbergasted about the use of or like the marketing of baby oil because it's like the yeah. shittiest thing you can put on your body. Yeah, like and like it although is your the... skin doesn't absorb as much as say like the tissue in your mouth does, or right, yeah, it's still absorbing. I just it's just like the, what baby oil is made of what like petroleum, petroleum, and like that's just like a whole other dilemma too because it's yeah. like environmental and okay. anyways <laughs> I mean no, but so the thing that's cool about sunscreen though is that you can buy natural kinds absolutely protect your skin but also protect give you what you need still yeah like but just make sure still that you're like literally leaving your skin to be au natural for a certain part of the day in 20 the minutes sun. just like, 20 minutes yeah you aren't gonna burn in 20 minutes yeah um and it and, and that will give you enough time to synthesize the vitamin D that you need. And mm-hmm. in the winter, it's really important to supplement it. Um, and that autoimmune disease and vitamin D deficiency, there is a massive correlation. The, you know, the recommended dose of vitamin D is actually like quite lo- a lot lower than really like what we need. Right. Um, but of course they have to be safe and sort of advising. And um, so it's sort of like, it's a supplement, hence the word. It supplements what you should already have right that's like, oh i didn't even know that's what supplement me <laughs> oh so, my god i i feel like i just like it's like in light i just feel so much lighter now that i know that i can't believe that i've been saying supplements for like my entire you life. and everyone else in the world though like that's the whole thing it's just what a whoa that makes sense it's like a puzzle piece just connected yes <laughs> in my like soul. but isn't that sort of like how a lot of this is like once you actually like have the dialogue you're like I know this. This is so inherent. Like, we know this. This is yeah. us. This is what we've been doing for literally thousands of years. Yeah, why do we feel so un, unable to to have an authority over our bodies, too? I feel that's just so, so detached. We've been, like, forced very rapidly to be detached from ourselves. We've, yeah. You know, like, industry took over, and... Well, I think it's just that feeling like, oh, like, that... Even I will talk to my mom about everything just for confirmation on certain things that I already feel like my body should be needing, but you have that mm-hmm. feeling of a doctor knows best, which is tr- which is true, but also it's like maybe I know a little, like a little bit. Of course. We all know way more than we give ourselves credit for. I mean, oh. like we have like evolution on our side. Like we It's programmed literally into our bodies. Like mm-hmm. We know what we need. And that's why like I think that those sort of like guilty feelings that are accompanied by a lot of foods that we eat I think that at the very 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 like we blame sort of like this like like weight loss industry kind of on those guilty feelings but I I, I kind of intuitively think that that's not quite accurate like I think those guilty feelings exist because we actually really deep down know that we're not supposed to be behaving that way and that we're not doing ourselves any favors now we're eating created things yeah we're 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 defying our we're defying our nature yeah um and we're harming ourselves and so there's this like subconscious thought process that's going on that's going like 
I don't feel good and I'm doing this to myself. And so I'm like, now I hate myself because I know I'm not supposed to do this, but I did it anyways because I don't have the control. And like all of that is a product of our times. It's a product of industry. It's a yeah. product of sugar and it's a product of like so many other things that have just been like really quickly sort of like shoved down our throats like yeah literally and yeah and it's time for us to all just like take back our power and and like listen to the human being inside of us and and not anybody else because at the end of the day you are the only person that is going to be able to truly be responsible for your own health. Um, everyone else has their own health to worry about and the health of their own loved ones. And that falls under the scope of like doctors and how they practice. And they can only just be an aid. Same with naturopaths and nutritionists and osteopaths and all of these people. Like They're great aids, but you are at the root of your health mm -hmm. and you are responsible for your health. And if you don't want to be unhealthy and you don't want to feel sick, then you have to do the things to make sure that that doesn't happen. That's awesome. I feel like I have been like fed so much great information. I hope all of you guys listening feel the same way. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Thank you Kate, so much for awesome. having me. Yeah, it was awesome. And um, anything else you want to leave people with if they want to get in touch with you or anything like that? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram. It's at Kate Mitzi, C-A-I-T-M-I-Z-Z-I. And you can reach out to me. I don't currently have a website because it's on the rise right now. Um, but I am very, very happy to speak to anyone who has any concerns or is looking for some advice or help. Um, I can point you in the direction of some specialists and practitioners or you can work with me nutritionally. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. Have a really great rest of your week. Start it really well. And I'll see you guys next Sunday. Thank you.